Cast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomCastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out in the web at NomCastPod.com. All right, thanks for joining us. It's To All the Boys week here on the pod, because the latest and final To All the Boys film, Always and Forever, comes out this Friday. And to celebrate, we are bringing you a very special interview episode today. We have the director of both To All the Boys sequels, Michael Feminari, on the show today. He is also a very accomplished cinematographer that many would know from his work on several Mike Flanagan projects, such as Dr. Sleep, The Haunting of Hill House, and a couple of Netflix original films that we've covered here on the podcast, Gerald's Game and Before I Wake. He was also the cinematographer on the original To All the Boys I Loved Before. I'm super excited to share this awesome interview with you all. It was truly an honor to speak with him. Uh, Be sure to hang on till the end because he shares a really funny story about something that was cut out of the second movie, P.S. I Love You, so you don't want to miss it. Thanks to Netflix and the team at Brigade for helping me put this together. We might have one more interview from this film later in the week, so subscribe now and look for that on Friday if we can make that work. It'll be a nice little bow on the To All the Boys week and be out for when the film comes out. So I'll do my best to make sure that happens. All right, enough with the teasing. After this quick break, we'll have our interview with director Michael Fuminari. Thanks for listening. Forgotten Cinema is getting romantic for our eighth season and just in time for Valentine's Day as we cover the 90s ensemble drama, Beautiful Girls. We'll then do a complete 180 as we dive into some spy films, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Spy Game. We'll find out why white men can't jump and whether you should shoot to kill while enjoying a Frankenweenie. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? This season will also feature our 100th episode of Forgotten Cinema. Feels like 100 years. Don't I know it. Forgotten Cinema. Never stop, never stopping. Yes, that's a hint. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I am delighted to be joined by director and cinematographer Michael Feminari. His latest film, To All the Boys, Always and Forever, is the third and potentially final installment in the To All the Boys I've Loved Before series. Michael, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm very good. Thank you. Um, You have a very impressive career, a very diverse career, (laughs) to say the least. Uh, You went from making horror films with Mike Flanagan to making films around the true horror of being a teenager planning their life. Uh, (laughs) What is it about this story and these characters that make it so appealing to you? I love that it's an earnest telling of high school experience. It's there's not much 
cynicism in it. Uh, I I appreciate that Jenny Han, the author, uh, was was true to the pain and the anxiety of it, uh, and in in doing so, we're able to to have a heightened universe and tell a little bit of a fairy tale, um, but also feel like there's some authenticity to the world. And and so it never it never feels like we're talking down uh, to anybody. Uh, it it's rewarding. It's also um, inspiring. You know, I, I think it's important that we feel like high school's hard uh, and it's the first time we're we're dealing with with broken hearts and and failed friendships and and so they feel bigger and larger than life but it's all sort of the same stuff we deal with as adults as well uh we've just learned to manage it a little bit better and so so i i think that i like returning to it because it re- it reminds me that there is a chance for us to just be good to each other and figure our way out of it by communicating and sort of the the, the basic um, be kind way of dealing with life for sure um i'm very curious uh because you were the cinematographer on the first film and uh in the last two films you've added director to your resume uh how has that balance of taking on multiple roles been going on to this point uh, is it any easier this time around is doing both jobs something you would like to do more often going forward i view my role as a cinematographer always in service to story and character and and so it's a it's a part of the investigation of a script when i uh, before even deciding if i want to take on a project if i have a connection to it and a and a a visual language that i might be able to contribute Uh, but because the access point is always story and character and thematic elements uh i feel like that that's the same entry point for me as a as a director as well uh and so so much of of the job is about behavior and and how that behavior then affects where you're going to put the camera and what it's going to look like so yes the cinematography part of it comes much later but the investigation of it is is the same and so it it they're a connected choice for me i enjoy being in the role of director and also in the role of cinematographer because they're united you know what what an act what a character is going to do where they're going to do it how they're going to do it and then how we're going to experience that as an audience through the lens are are there whether i'm talking to a director and and they're saying this is the behavior and i'm discussing how the lens will see it or if i'm saying here's the behavior and then deciding how to lens it it it, they both feel right to me i think the part that would feel most foreign is if i took the lens part of it away and as a director then turned to somebody else and said so where should we put the camera like i don't I, I, i think i sort of enjoy uh i enjoy the the cinematographic process uh of of that and and what's the void that's left there uh, is that as a cinematographer, I I put myself into the shoes of being an ally to the director, also in service to the director's vision. And so uh, that 
ally I don't have in that way, but who I who I do now have, which is a fantastic uh, group of collaborators that I enjoy, are the writer. And on the third film, it was Katie Lovejoy, and she and I spoke almost daily about about the scenes and and you know uh, and we would go i'd go into rehearsals with the actors and come out and call katie and say so this is kind of what i discovered and what happened and and maybe what do you think about this and, and there so there was adjustments made throughout the process on the script i have terrific um, producer collaborations with uh, matt kaplan um, who, who's just been i've worked with matt for years you know and and he's a champion for fighting for the movie uh edit, editorial has been great and so, you know, with uh, Michelle Harrison and Joe Klotz and Tom Ramim all just being great storytellers themselves. So while I don't have a cinematographer to lean over and talk to, I have these other fantastic people who are, who are you know, we're all working on it together and making the movie better. For sure. And that's always grateful to have. Um, it, it seems like it, all that considered, though, because you do have the shorthand of yourself being the cinematographer, it seems like you put a lot of consideration into the look of the film, especially like the difference between the first film into the second into the third, I think signals a lot of uh, the, a different look with the changes of maturity and growth of the characters and the gravity of their situations. Can you speak on to what uh, we can expect in this film in terms of look and tone and, and your thought process between the trilogy? Yeah, you're absolutely right about, about the level of maturation in the characters over the three stories and how the visual language evolves in concert. The, uh, I view this trilogy as one Lara Jean journey from her junior to her the end of her you know senior year and and so each film being an act in that story it moves from the the first film having more it's a more wish fulfillment it's more of a fantasy it's it's like her wanting to be to live in a romance novel and and there's because there's more fantasy the the camera work has a has a bit of whimsy to it a bit a, a, a bit more whip pan and a bit a, a bit more silliness um and and even some some odd frame choices intentionally just to 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 create a a little bump in your experience as Lara Jean confronts her anxieties in the second film we go back to that fantasy like where she might see uh of fantasy John Ambrose in her bedroom or fantasy Peter. And there's sort of an editing style that comes with that where like one pops in and one pops out. And that's Laura Jean still processing how she's going to deal with the tough, the tough stuff. And it's in this kind of fun, silly way. In the third, the fantasies evolve again. And there's something, there's something different and more serious about them where she's there. There's a more, grounded approach to them and and at one point uh they without announcement just sort of the way we we sort of deal with our our personal fantasies they just go away and and they there's a new thing that replaces them and so that that visual language is new to the to the third film and because she's maturing and she's making choices about her destiny our visual language goes with it 
what did you like the most, especially because you had so much time with them now? What is it you like the most about working with Noah and Lana? The two actors have really blossomed on screen and become such big stars off screen. I'm sure things have changed dramatically from the first, first film. The world around us changed. I don't think they have. I think that they're, <laughs> they, you know, they're still just the most, uh, they're sweet and kind and generous to the cast and crew. And, you know, like not, not that they, of course they should be, but you know, like sometimes you hear stories about, about the opposite happening, you know, stardom sort of affecting behavior, but not even a little, they, the world around us has changed in that when we go to public spaces to shoot, we we have to sort of protect the background because you can't have screaming fans in the shot. But right. they're but but they're very generous to the people who do show up and they you go and give their time and, and say hello. And even when we're about to shoot, you know, they'll take a minute. And so but I, I think that we grew up together, you know, we were on the set in the, in the first film and they were creating those characters for the first time. We all knew when we were working on it, that they were special. We didn't know that it would blow up and uh, uh, grateful that it did. And I'm super proud and, and happy for them because they deserve it. Um, but our relationship is, is almost the same. You know, we're, we're just having a good time and they're enjoying being their characters. It was hard to say goodbye to those characters, you know, like the last day on set where Noah played Peter Kavinsky was emotional and same for our last night was like 5 a.m. wrap for Lana and and uh, it was her last, you know, her last shot of Lara Jean was, it was hard. Yeah, I can imagine uh, that much time spent with someone, of course. Uh, it's rarefied air in terms of having a trilogy in a romance already. So you never really get this much. It's like you and Richard Linklater can probably compare notes in a very different way. Uh, maybe because it's the only other trilogy romance that I could think of. I have a maybe. lot of great questions for him. I love those movies. <laughs> yeah, of course. I can't wait for the uh, Noah and Lana to yeah. return for their bitter divorce movie oh, or what I have can't you. Wait to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much do you rely on Jenny Han uh, in these films and the source material specifically in creating this world, uh, especially when it comes to Laura Jean's family? I always think that it seems so personal to her and and especially given the culture stuff and everything else that she brings to that table how has that worked out your relationship between her and yourself uh in in two really uh, terrific ways i'm i'm grateful to jenny uh, and so as a as somebody that i can call anytime and and bounce ideas as as somebody who was present uh both in prep uh, and uh, when she was available in production, uh, you know, we we were always able to make sure we were we were honoring the books, but also being true to the films because they are different, you know. And, and we we do need to be to be able to be true to the visual experience of the Two All the Boys films. They don't always or aren't always able to line up directly with the books. And Jenny was terrific, and she was supportive, and she had great ideas that that helped make the movies what they are and also be be fair to what she created. And so uh, just as someone I can talk to all the time, she was amazing. Also, because of the books, 
and what they and 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 how terrific and deep and thoughtful they are whenever i needed a compass i could go to the books and you know and even though there were so many uh terrific elements from them that couldn't make the film just for length alone uh, or circumstance it still informed choices i i made and so i was able to go back to them often and reconnect so uh yeah I, none of us would sort of have the focus and the the look into the world we do without jenny that's perfect um one of the things that i did notice in watching your film is um <laughs> the unintentional uh pandemic film that it is in terms of that it's the opposite of that it kind of is you know uh, for a lack of a better term, vacation porn for uh, for a lot of people. It's like you get this uh, lovely images across the globe uh, and outside of Portland for these characters and for the audience now because we're all trapped inside our homes. Um, uh, speak on that a little bit, how, how you look back at this film of how it's changed from when you started filming to, to how it looks upon release. Yeah, it's also in a very important part of the story itself that – Laura Jean's travels first, uh, you know, to uh, to Seoul, where she's reconnecting with um, her mom and and with who she is, and and how that uh, affects her. Also, it's the ex first experience of being far from Peter and having a little taste of what it means to do the long distance relationship. Although there's comfort, you know, you're going to go back, but like there's there's just that that little pinch that said this might hurt if we were ever had if we ever had to do this and be far apart so that part of the travel uh, is a big part of the film but then there's also this trip that she takes to new york that expands what she believes are opportunities for her in her adult life and so travel as as a thing that motivates change is an important part of this this film and and so, and it's we're living in a time right now when it's painful for us to not be able to travel even short distances, maybe to see family or to or, or or friends. You know, things we used to take for granted. You know, whether it's just like a little weekend getaway or something like that, just to reconnect. Um, but certainly, we're not getting on international flights. Right. Uh, so, so I recognize that we were we made the film. And we're very fortunate to be able to finish it, um, and. I'm very fortunate to be able to celebrate travel in general and how that affects our lives and how we we meet new people taste new foods you know uh it changes us and in addition the film again you said well it's it's kind of an unintentional effect we're having right now but it, it ends up being this 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 love letter to events that we've had to postpone or or give up in some cases. It's really heartbreaking, you know, like no prom, graduation, weddings, um, you know, and you know th things that um, we're aching to to have again. So I hope that we can enjoy that as part of this movie and not and not sort of feel pained about it. I think that the thing about the Twelve Boys world is that because it's earnest. And because it is about celebrating, um, you know, these events, I, I, I hope that it gives people a little laugh when they need it 
and that they'll be able to see a future where they can have that stuff again. For sure. Uh, I'm sure it's very important to the the previous class and this year looking forward. Hopefully uh, we get to do something again soon yeah. for them. They absolutely deserve it. Uh, I just wanted to end on something fun. Uh, I noticed in this uh, in this last film, there is a plethora of 90s movies and uh, music references. <laughs> and I was wondering if any of those are attributed to you personally uh, and if you have a favorite of, of what you did in the film. I do. I do love, you know, there's there's a I, the, the, there's a bowling scene in the in the film that mm -hmm. I that is an homage to to the big Lebowski that that I we had a terrific time shooting and it, it just felt like the right thing to do. And in all the films, we've we've tried to give a little a little nod back to the cinema that affected us. We did an adventures and babysitting homage in the second as well. Um, but the, in the third, the bowling scene is my favorite. Very nice. And are any of those attributed to you or is that all in the script? Oh no, those, um, the adventures and babysitting was an idea I had of just a, about if Lara Jean was going to go on a first date, then this is something she would do. And right. that, was, that was the way I wanted to open the film. Um, the big Lebowski idea was uh katie lovejoy's and she she put that in uh and and it was great and then i decided to do like sort of the shot for shot homage later right well that's terrific and 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 some of speaking shot for shot one of my favorite kind of things to look at bookending the film it seems like you kind of not reused, but kind of went shot for shot with some of the, the characters interactions from the first film, specifically Jen and, and Laura Jean, uh, speak about that real quick, because I, I just, it's, it's a rare thing to get someone to follow from first film all the way through the end. So is what can people expect in terms of this third film of terms of maybe look backs to the first or second film? Yeah, I, I, visual the visual construction of it is something that I I really wanted to tie together along with the the characters as well. And so there's a there's an exchange between uh, between Jen and Lara Jean in the third film that is a mirror of a very different exchange they have in the first. And it I think that's the relationship I think that actually comes the farthest in in this journey the the Jen Lara Jean and I think it's an important one to show that that you can you can heal a lot of a lot of wounds if if you just talk it out you know and so so visually that that's one that I wanted to to give some some stakes to there are uh there's a couple in in the aquarium breakup that is a direct flip of the way that we shot the uh ski lodge exchange mm uh and that one that one's important um there's there's a i'll tell you i'll tell you this that because you won't see it in the movies but there's a there's a thing that that we tried that i love that didn't make it into the second film where if you recall john ambrose and Lara Jean are in the back of the bellevue mm -hmm. uh and they kiss for the first time in the snow and then Lara Jean leaves him standing there alone and she goes and reconnects with Peter and then they get back together and everything's cool. And I had the idea to shoot a little post credit moment for John Ambrose as a, 
a little wink and a nod to my uh, experience working in the Shining universe, and we would cut to frozen John Ender <laughs> in sitting like Jack Nicholson with icicles hanging on himself, and with the same music, and then the same little sting, and then a little push in on a framed photo of the star ball with Laura Jean and John, <laughs> all the party guests, and we actually tested that we we tested it in front of an audience at the time and i just thought you know everybody's gonna get it because they've seen the shining and then it's like you know it's post credit so the movie's way over and like maybe people watch it maybe they won't and 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 then after the screening started asking people how they felt and 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 you know a lot of people were saying i really liked it and it was great but it's like but i didn't like the ending and we didn't quite understand like, what, like, I mean, Peter and Lara Jean getting back together. And they're like, no, that time when you froze John Amber, <laughs> like, people took it really seriously because some of them hadn't, like, didn't know The Shining. And they were really upset that we killed John Ambrose by freezing him to death. In the <laughs> so, obviously, that had to go. But uh, that was the homage that didn't make it. Yeah, you don't want to disrespect uh, canon <laughs> in that respect. Uh, the fans could go crazy on you, but it's very cool that you kind of tied your interests or at least uh, bookended your career. That would I be uh, pretty amazing. That's that'll just be for for us. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. This was a blast. I appreciate it, Michael. Thank you. Take care.